It's Wednesday. You know what time it is. It's FRPC Sports, and we're talking football today. It's hump day, and we're ready to talk about nothing but football. I'm so excited. I'm your host, Vince, and this show is going to be predicated to nothing but football, betting, fantasy, anything you can think of with the NFL. That's what we're going to do today. And uh, what we're going to start off the show with is what we learned over the weekend. So week two has now passed. We are now into going into week three. What have we learned? Well, uh, <laughs> how, how important are running backs now? So Saquon is hurt. Uh, looks like an ankle injury could be out. Uh, speculation is for a couple weeks. Um, we have seen Nick Chubb, unfortunately, tear every ligament in his knee. And uh, we we wish him a, a speedy recovery, obviously. Um, that's just such a catastrophic knee injury. And uh, don't want to speculate on his uh, future, but that could be really, really uh, <clears throat> bad. Um, coming back from, and then you still have Jonathan Taylor, who's out there, um, and Brees Hall, who's a little bit banged up, and and what have you. So we got a lot of running back news out there. Uh, Kareem Hunt will be has been signed by the Cleveland Browns to take up some of the slack. Uh, Ford, who filled in admirably when he uh, when Chubb left out of the game. Um, we, we now have Kareem Hunt back in the building. And the Rams just made a trade where Cam Akers, who has kind of vacillated in and out of the uh, RB1 position for the Rams the last year or so, uh, I will tell you that uh, physicality was part of the reason. Um, and now he is going to Minnesota. And it looks like there is a swap of draft picks in 2026. Let's see if we have any further information on this. Da, da, da. Nope. Just says he's going to trade it to the Vikings per... Uh, looks like Schultz from Bleacher Report. So that's what we're looking at right now. Um, so we learned that. The other thing that we've learned... <laughs> is uh, there's some teams that are struggling. Are we finding out that is Justin Fields not not what he, we thought he was? Um, is the offense set up for him properly? Um, what's going on in Cincinnati? You know, is this another offensive line issue? Uh, they have said that our guy, Joe, our, our guy Joe Burrow has been dealing with a calf injury for a while. So that could be part of the reason. Does he just need some rest? And then we get him back to full strength. We know that Joe is a competitor. He wants to be out there. But, you know, sometimes you are doing more damage to yourself than you are good for the team. And maybe this is just one of those situations. 
the Pittsburgh Steelers fans are fed up with their uh, offensive coordinator. Uh, the the coordinator Canada, he's um uh, he's been embroiled in um just last couple of years, people have just been like out on this dude on his um play calling. Um, how conservative it has been. It doesn't. It doesn't allow for chunk plays or very little of them. Um, the, the a lot of people have a lot of problem with maybe the imagination of the offense. Um, it was just it was bad during the game with Cleveland. So I mean. The one thing I want to say about this game with Cleveland is that Cleveland is a team that I picked to win the NS, the AFC North. Obviously, this changes with Chubb not being there. Um, you know, I just but before the season started, this is a team that I chose. Um, Miles Garrett still is a problem on that defense. Uh, I I do believe that this team can be competitive for the rest of the year. I think there are chances of making the playoffs and making no real noise and significant noise in the in the playoffs has diminished with uh with Chubb not being there. So we will see what what all comes of it. With Cam Akers now being off the board and him and with Akers going to Minnesota. So now the Madison issue is now a tandem again. So if you have Madison in fantasy, this might be the last week where he is like the just the preeminent number one where he's getting all the carries. He might go more to a shared backfield with Cam Akers being there. Also, the one thing that Cam Akers did do at Florida State and early on with the Rams, and you didn't see it later in his uh in his career, it might be something that they bring out more in Minnesota is that he was really good out of the backfield catching passes. So I hope that that's part of his um, repertoire going forward um, in Minnesota. There was another thing that I wanted to get to, and I know I'm all over the board today, so bear with me. There's a lot going on, and uh, you know we're trying to get through it all. But I had been really, I guess, hard on the Dallas Cowboys, and I need to probably take some of it back. The first thing that I want to talk about is um, might be very, very controversial because a lot of people will never say, you know, offense, offense, we, you know, offense is what, you know, that's what makes a lot of money in the world when it comes to the NFL. But uh, Micah Parsons is such a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball. And the way he's playing right now is just incredible. There's a a statement, there's an argument to be made that he is actually the MVP. Not just the defensive player of the year, but the actual MVP. Okay, I mean, he does make that much of a difference on that side of the ball. When you don't have enough time to throw the football, when he is just wrecking your game plan, like just right off the bat, it's just, oh, we're off platform right away. 
uh, there's nothing you can do. Now, you have a more athletic quarterback, maybe. Maybe it's better. But not much. Michael Parsons is a problem. And yes, you can give me the stats of whatever the quarterback du jour is this week about how you know tremendous they were in the pocket and eye discipline and all this other things. But when you have a guy who literally is you you account for him that you spent your whole a lot of your game plan on offense is to stop this one individual and it still is not happening. Because he's just like, whatever you had planned, I'm going to wreck that too. It's just, it's a, it's amazing. And he's a marvel. And uh, I just wanted to show him some love. Michael Parsons out there in Dallas doing his thing. So right now, you know, if we, you know, we usually do little quarter systems, right? Like, ooh, first quarter MVP type things, whatever. That's the guy who I would choose. I know, like I said, I know it's controversial. I know it won't really happen because usually an offensive player and usually it's going to be a quarterback who gets that award. But uh, Michael Parsons is doing a lot of special things right now. So I'm with that. Um, the other thing that I want to talk about is how how uninspiring have the Los Angeles Chargers been? Um, there was a real good stat by our guy from the Athletic, uh, Daniel Popper, and it's funny. Since Brandon Staley is took t- taken over as the head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers, no team has given up more. 30 yards completions over this period of time than the Los Angeles Chargers. So Brandon Staley, who is a uh, Fangio disciple, who is a guy who uh, really, uh, you know, plays the zone, tries to keep everything in front of him, physical, will blitz on occasion, you know, but the whole thing is that you're not getting the big play over the top. That's the whole thing with the Fangio defense. It's like if you want to try to um, kill us by a thousand paper cuts, go right ahead. But you actually just gutting us with big play after big play, no, we're not going to allow you to do it. For some reason, and he was, I thought he was a really good uh, defensive coordinator for the Rams. You know, we we had a defense that understood uh, Aaron Donald played like at a, at a really great level, obviously. Um, and maybe that's why Brandon Staley looked so good as a defensive coordinator for the Rams, right? To get him this this head coaching job, but they're zero two. We've been, you know, last year they were loaded supposedly. This year, I I picked them to win the AFC West. You know, I'm not backing down from that prediction, you know, because there hasn't been a, a, a catastrophic injury for me to have to back down. But if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. 
I'm wrong on it. But I'll tell you right now, I'm just disappointed in knowing that Staley knows what kind of hot seat he's he's under. Now, maybe because of the fact that he works for the Spanos family and the Spanos family has notoriously been real cheap, you know, in the history of the NFL, that family has been real cheap when it comes to salaries and things of that nature. So maybe he does have some sort of false confidence of, of where he is as far as his tenure as a coach. But I just find it amazing that this is the uh, kind of the answer to remember how we left the Chargers in last year, which was earlier this year. But in last season, the way they left, they had a huge lead in a playoff game, saw that lead disappear, saw Jacksonville win a game, that they had no no business winning. Now we've catapulted Trevor Lawrence into a discussion of one of the top tier quarterbacks in the league. I mean, he's not that top, top tier, but you know, he's in that top 10, top 12 range now. <clears throat> and a lot of it is based off what he did last year and especially what he did in that playoff game. So, my thought was, hey, you got defenses looking real good. Everybody's healthy. Uh, you got your offense. It looks like you got even, you know, better receiver in Quentin Johnson, who hasn't worked out so well so far. But you think that this team would definitely have something to come out with a fire in their belly looking to go ahead and, and right wrongs of, of last year, right? And now they're 0-2, and they're going to play the Minnesota Vikings, who is also 0-2. So both teams need a victory, you know, and I am just, I just don't understand. I just don't get it. And maybe this is just the, the curse of, of the charges. This is what they are. But I hate to be that person. Because to me, this looks like, okay, when you first came out, you were super, you know, hyper driven by analytics, and this is what the this is what the analytics say, and blah blah blah. So they're going on fourth down like crazy, whatever. Then the following year is less of that, right? You don't continue. You know, first year, this is the principles we believe in. This is what we do. You know, it might not bear out now, but overall, it will bear out. That's the song and dance they gave you year one. Year two, oh, we learned our lesson. <laughs> We're backing off of that, whatever case may be, right? Going to be less aggressive. Defense still not coming around, still not, you know, the, you know, EPA, uh, uh, you know, yards and stuff like that, just, just high, you know, the Chargers defense on the lower tier of the, of all the franchises out there. 
And what has changed? Nothing. Nothing has changed. Everything is the same. We're still finding ways to lose in, in the critical moments. Grandis Staley looks like he hasn't learned a lot from what has happened last year. And there definitely, definitely doesn't seem to be a sense of urgency whatsoever coming out of that camp. I don't know about you, but if it's me, I'm sitting here going, what the hell is this? This looks terrible. Uh, and, I mean, um, Kansas City's going to win this division again. It's not because Kansas City's off to this rocking start either. We got questions on the offense with Kansas City. But here we are. Here we are. So, those are some of the things that are on my mind about what we learned about week two. Sorry about the Chargers situations, but it's it's just so glaring. You know, it's so glaring. You see, you see what happens to the Jets, you know, week before with the injury to Aaron Rodgers, and you go, damn, you know, that that sucks, right? That's that's not good. That's not great. Especially you want to see how it played out, right? And then you see the injury to Chubb, and you're kind of looking at Cleveland, and they've been a snake bit. Uh, bitten franchise as well, and you're kind of going like, dang, again, here's another situation for them again. But with the Chargers, it really hasn't been all that. It really hasn't. It's been a lot of self-inflicted wounds, you know, and just displays of just lack of common sense and just head-scratching decisions you know there hasn't been like oh well this dude got hurt and and, you know and and you know the season was over before it even started basically no it's real weird ways to lose (laughs) you know just just it's 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 a remarkable so we're done with that little I don't know what you want to call it, rant or whatever. Um, if you don't agree with how I feel about the Los Angeles Chargers, please feel free to hit me up on X. Um, my handle is at FrontRunnerPC. Or hit Nico up if you're not like you know confrontational. Hit Nico up, say, hey, your boy, your man's out here tripping off our team, and that's at Nico F. R-P-C. Alright, um, let's get to some of these games coming up. We do have a Thursday night game. This is the New York Giants who are going to the San Francisco 49ers. Right now, the over-under is 44, and the point spread is San Francisco by 10. Well, Multiple reasons for this. Uh, they, the Giants don't look great. Saquon is hurt. Who's going to run the football now? 
Daniel Jones hasn't looked good. The guy that we were hyping up during the uh, offseason, Darren Waller, hasn't he hasn't blossomed fully yet. But 10 points is a lot of points. And we think that Dable is a really good coach. Now, we do believe that uh, San Francisco, obviously, as far as talent is concerned, uh, they're one of the most talented teams in all the league. We think they're super deep when it comes to just the rotations on the uh, on the defensive line itself. You know, it's just impressive. I have a hard time thinking that they can't keep it close. Dable seems to be able to put together game plans and things of that nature when things don't look great. He showed it all last year. I think it's something that we could uh, not put our hats on yet, but it's something that I lean more towards believing than I don't believe, right? Um, I do believe that San Francisco is as talented as they come, and it wouldn't even shock me if this game was a blowout. The only reason I'm thinking that Dable might be able to keep this close is because it is a short week. Um, You're definitely going to run stuff that is going to feel real, real good to Daniel Jones. Hopefully, um, it's things that maybe, you know, we're, we're still catching... You know, the 49ers defense, not exactly where it kind of needs to be. It's not running on all cylinders yet. And this might be just one of those situations. Now, if you believe that, then I would tell you to take the over. Okay? And the reason why I would say that is because I would think that your... San Francisco is going to be able to put up points. They should be able to put up 27 to 30 on their own, right? If you believe, obviously, if this is one of those situations, I'm getting a phone call. That's crazy. So, Anyways, uh, sorry about that. Um, So you're one of those fans that thinks that the Giants can't keep this close. They're going to have to score a couple points for this to happen. And if you believe, like, okay, they might not be able to win, but they can keep it close, you're looking at something where it's, what, 28-23, somewhere in there, where the over, you would take the over. You know, um, Daniel Jones hasn't showed us anything so far this year. I, I don't think. Now, has it been fair? Who has he played it against? You know, uh, you cannot tell me that what you saw with Arizona doesn't scare you a little bit, right? And now you got you got another defense that is top notch. This is a, this is a really really good defense. We, we coined them as one of the, the better defenses um, in the league before the season started. So, with all that being said, this is where we are. I think that 
this is the Giants take this one on the chin. You know, short week, no Saquon. You know, I do believe in Daywell. I just think this is this is a hard ask. Hard ask, short week to get that team up and running. If they had a couple more weapons, maybe I would, you know, be a little more. But see, the 10 points is the thing that really scares me. Because you're going to tell me what? They couldn't win this game like 24-15. You're going to tell me that they couldn't win this game, you know, 27 you know, 27, you know, 20 or whatever case it be, like a last, like a late score or whatever. See, that's where the it's so, that's such a big margin in full blog. What they are showing that the Giant, they're showing the Giants no respect whatsoever, and they're coming to the West Coast. So I kind of lean the 49ers as well. I don't like giving up that that amount of points early in the season like this, personally. So if I if I was going to tell you to do anything, I'd tell you to fade that, fade the 10 points, um, and just go with the over-under. But if I was gonna if I'm gonna stay true to me, I think the 49ers are just they're they're a better team. They're a way better team. So uh I would I would say that the 49ers should be able to blow this team out by like 17, personally. All right. Um, a couple more games here that are, like I said, the, the other intriguing game to me is, you know, you got this, this game in Minnesota, um, Sunday morning, the chargers are going to Minnesota. They're both 0-2. They both need a victory. Um, it looks like the chargers are favored by one, which is crazy. That just tells you how talented people think this team is. So, you know how I'm not a huge believer in Kirk Cousins or some, you know, and, and, and the thing that I will say about this is that, oh, well, of course, because I'm not the one that's going to be like, oh, I told you so. I told you he wasn't great, right? Listen, he's been, he's been very, very good for like the last six, seven years. I mean, there's no question about what Kirk Cousins has been. I just think there's a there's a ceiling to him. And when you get to that ceiling, it is it is obvious. It is obvious that we are here at this ceiling, and this is as far as he can take us. That has always been my issue with Kirk Cousins. Now, with that being said, he has weapons. This defense should be better than it was last year. The thing that I harped on before the season started, and I think as we've kind of gone on, is that the Minnesota Vikings were 11-0 in one-score games last year. I just can't see them doing that again. I just, it just, I can't see them doing it again. And when you got two evenly matched teams, give me the, the team with the better quarterback. I, this is a rule that I live by. It's something that you'll hear me say time and time and time again. If I think the teams are like basically the same, who has a better quarterback? That's who I'm going to lean on. Give me the Chargers. They need the victory. Um, Minnesota, they need the victory, no doubt. But um, it's a wacky, wacky NFC North. And no, if you go 0-3, do I think you have a chance to win that division? Probably not. But 
it is still a crazy division. And no one has like really said, oh, we're going to jump out and, and take this division. Um, what's the over-under in this game? Let's find out. The over-under in this game is 54. So they believe it's going to be a high-scoring affair. And, you know, if Austin Eckler is going to play, then, yeah, it's going to be a high-scoring affair. If not, Chargers are going to be one-dimensional. A lot of dinking and dunking down the field. Kellen Moore has brought some uh, diversity to the running game. Um, I believe they will continue to still run because you can run on Minnesota. That defense still hasn't improved. I know what people have told me and said, hey, it has to be better than last year. Uh, you know, I looked at it and said, no, I don't know. I don't, I, I, I don't know about that. But um, I would I would think that the, the Chargers win this game. Uh, over under, this is 54 is a lot of points. But uh, if two teams can put it up, it's these two teams. And it's an early start for the Chargers. Maybe they get off to a slow start and they have to run their – they have to – make their way back. That's always a possibility. So, yeah, I will take the over on this one as well and also give me the Chargers because I just believe in the char- I just believe in the quarterback um not as much the 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 head coach. The head coach scares the the bejesus out of me for sure. Um the another game that is going to be very very interesting is the Atlanta Falcons who are 2 and 0 oh, um going up against the Lions. Now, the Lions are favored by three. It's in the Vegas zone. You know what that means. If, you know, when they put it at three, basically this means they believe it's an even game, um, which I cannot even express to you how I do not agree with this whatsoever. Um, my guy Kez, he'll probably he'll probably be so mad that I say this, but I don't believe in Desmond Ritter. Ritter has not shown me really anything that 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 screams to me like this team is going to be okay. Um, and they're going into a, a place where the fans and the fan base are alive again. They believe. Um, I think Aiden Hudson, he's gonna get after it. I think Ritter is going to be um, running for his life. I think Bijan and uh, Jameer Gibbs both have like uh, stellar games or whatever the case may be. But I think the I think the I think the Falcons are gonna get beat in this game, and I think it's going to be pretty easy actually. Um, the over under game. Over or under in this game is 46 and a half. Now, I think that the Lions have an explosive offense. The Falcons, the Falcons do not. And there is the rub right there. So it just depends on where you think this game is going to end up. Personally, what I think, this is going to be one of those, they win by 11 easy. It's going to be like 27, um, 27, uh, 16, something like that. You know, I think, I think the Falcons, 
need to go back to the drawing board. They can win some games, no doubt. You know how I feel about B. John Robinson. I think he's a, a immense talent. Uh, I I know that we talk about do not get running backs, you know, in the, in the first round. But this dude is so electric and so so it's so fun to watch him run the football. So we might have to look at this uh, how we how we grade these players and how important they are and whatever. I'm not saying that I still agree or do not agree with getting a, a running back in the first round. I think there are variables to that, and I think you if you get them later in the first round, like late, late, late. And this is like, this is the final piece to a team that is has everything else. I'm all good with that. But when you're getting in, in with the eighth pick, and we're not going to sit here and litigate this situation. We don't need to. But I just love, I just love Bijan. Love the way he plays. I don't care where they drive to him, whatever the case may be. I just love watching him play. Um, but with that being said, the Lions should win this game, win it handily. I don't think they the over, I would not take it at 46 and a half, but I would take the Lions winning by more than three. Now, uh, the other game that is kind of spicy to me is what do you think of the Saints and the Packers? I will be all over this game. I um I picked the Saints to win the NFC South. I picked the Detroit Lions to win the NFC North. Obviously, I just said that Detroit is going to win their game. Uh, I've been impressed with Jordan Love and the way he's played so far. Uh, the defense is is as good as advertised with uh, Green Bay. Still, this was always going to be my thing with with the Saints, is that I think they are talented. I just think they're long in the tooth. When you get them in a game where it's like, oh, okay, you know, who can be more physical or whatever? Is Bakhtiari going to play? Is Aaron Jones going to play? Because those guys play then I'm all in on what the Packers are able to do to the Saints. Even though I believe that the Saints will win this division, I don't believe in them as a team that is uh, going to make any noise in the playoffs. You know, let's just put that out there, put it on front street. But with that being said, let's pick this game. Let's see what we got to do. So we got the Packers favored by two. That tells you that Vegas is not confident in them, which tells me a lot about that situation. Um, You know, if you told me that everybody was healthy for the Packers, I would tell you that this would be a win. With this being what it is, and the Saints, I think the Saints understand that, you know, they need to gobble up the victories they can just get and circumstances that are going that are going to favor them. They definitely need to take complete advantage of those situations this year because they're going to have to win by the, the slimmest, slimmest of margins. 
And I'm not saying they can't go ten and seven, but I I, I think they're a nine and eighteen um, at their zenith this year. But you know, break here or there, and this is one of those games where if Bakhtiari doesn't look like he's going to play, hey man, like you can go into Lambeau and get and get one. You know, we still are checking in on Jordan Love and saying like, who are you? What are you? Do we believe in you? Now, I have liked the poise of the young man so far. I like some of the decision making he has made, especially with some of his um his uh his talent not being there. Aaron Jones didn't play last week. Christian Watson has um been nursing an injury as well. And he's kept him in game. So so far, the table on Jordan Love and in the in the in the takes on Jordan Love so far. Or that it's a positive situation. So I'm torn on this one. I'm gonna go Saints just because I think that this is one of those games where it's a it's a drag them out fight. If you told me everybody was healthy, I might take Green Bay in this game. But um since there's questions, definitely gonna give it to Saints. I think it's gonna be a, a kind of a war. Personally, and I think it's going to be one of those situations where, yeah, the over under is 42. I'm really squeamish about that, but I think they can get to it. Um, I think this game could be like 23 20 or 24 21, something like that. Last second field goal wins it. So I would think the Saints able to come out with the victory, come out with the dub with that situation. And then now we're going to move down, down to what we got here. I don't care really about the Steelers. Panthers, no. Who cares? Uh, Any more game? Woo. Okay. Yeah. You know what? We almost forgot about the Bills in uh, Washington. So this is also our early game. Buffalo is going into Washington to face the Commanders. They are favored by six and a half. Lot, not a lot of respect for the Commanders and what they're doing out there with Sam Howell uh, and uh, our guy Terry McLaurin and uh, Jahan Dawson. Uh, Brian Robinson been bringing the heat. Brought it last week. I'm not sold still on the Buffalo Bills. Like, I, I think they can be run on. This could be a good Robinson running back game. So, if you have him fantasy, you know, you might want to start him against the Buffalo Bills. Um, Even if they get behind, you know, he he adds a little bit to the passing game as well. Um, Also, if you have Antonio Gibson, use him. So, both of those guys should be able to eat. But Buffalo, still, just because you won that game, you, you know, you won it very handily. It was Raiders. Like, I can't give you a bunch of credit for that. But, it, hey, come back. You beat the teams you're supposed to beat. And this is another team you're supposed to beat. Six and a half going in is one of those games where I don't think that Washington necessarily has firepower that if if Josh Allen is on and he gets 
his weapons involved and, and all that sort of thing, you're looking at a situation where they can get on top of you by like 17 points early and you don't know what hits you. You know, so then the pass rush can get to you and all of that. But the Washington Commanders have talent. They have some offensive weapons. They also have some things on the defensive end that also um, give you moments of, of, of concern or pause if you're the Buffalo Bills. So I think this is one of those weird games. The over-under is 44 I think it, we can go over on that. I think Buffalo doesn't pull out the the cover, but by like the slimmest of margins, right? Like at 34-25, uh, I mean 31-25, um, you know, 34-28, things like that. Now, that would be a real high scoring affair. You know, I think um, Washington is going to need a couple red zone stops where they, you know, make them kick field goals. Uh, I think that can happen, and if Washington can keep them below twenty-five, they might they have a chance to win. But I don't know if they can do that. I think there will be you know three or four field goals kicked in this game by Buffalo, and you're looking at a situation where they're going to get to twenty-seven. And I think if they do, I don't think that the Commanders can win. So my my thing is it'll end up being something like 27-22. Uh, Buffalo pulls out the victory. So those are the games that really like intrigued me about this week. A um, couple other things with fantasy that or things that we got to talk about. Joe Burrow, we don't know as of, as we record right now. We don't know if he's going to play. Um. There hasn't really been an update on that. Let me just check, see if there is anything else that I have seen on. Let's see. No. No updates as of yet. They're saying that the injury is still positive. It's not a big deal, but it didn't look it didn't look great. When we were watching it, when we were watching it on all Monday, so, or was it Sunday? Yeah, Sunday. Sorry about that. Monday was Cleveland. That was an ugly game, too. But we digressed. So now you're in this situation. You got Joe Burrow, who hasn't, who, who's hurt, playing hurt, obviously. Offensive line has been awesome. You know, <laughs> hey man, I'm trying to tell you, wasn't a fan of uh, of uh, Orlando Brown to begin with. So, with all that being said, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Boyd, Mixon, somebody gonna have to make a play. Somebody gonna have to do something because you know um it's getting to that time. You know, it's getting to that time. And you're going up against the Rams, and this is one of those where you gotta have it type situations if you're trying to get your season, keep your season, you know, in check. 
So I'm I'm of the opinion that the Bengals who are right now on two, they need to get this dub. And they're favored by two and a half. I think they should win this game. Um they it's a must have for them. And the Rams are in flux this year. And and yeah, I like the way they're playing personally. Um I don't have big expectations for the Rams this year at all, but I do like that they're playing physical. Uh they're playing they're playing hard. You know, it's not just gimme, gimme victories for, for these teams or whatever the case may be. And if that's what the Rams are gonna do every if that's how they're gonna play every game. Uh, and make, with McVay and being such an offensive, brilliant coach that he is, um, if you're going to play with a little nasty and you have the ingenuity that McVay brings, they're going to be in a lot of football games that maybe at the start of the year, I didn't think they were going to be in at all. So I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, obviously, Puka Nakua is a revelation Kyron Williams, we were high on him last year, so it's good to see these guys eat and look good. You know, now Cam Akers is gone. We don't have to worry about Cam Akers anymore. There was something with him and and McVay. I think stylistically, I think McVay wanted a more, like, violent runner, you know, more sudden runner. Um... And I think Cam Akers, with some of the injuries he had, maybe just wasn't able to give that to him. And now he goes to Minnesota, and we see we see how that goes. But this is one of those where, where Cincinnati absolutely needs this if they're going to make the playoffs. So they got to have it. I believe they will get this. And they're favored by two and a half. So, uh, yeah, I think they'll get this easily. Now, as far as the over-under, it's 44, so everybody thinks this is going to be a low-scoring game. Ha-ha, <laughs> pump fake. No low-scoring game. This is a game where people get right. Jamar Chase gets right. Everybody is getting, you know, look eating good in the neighborhood, so to speak. So um, this could be one of those, you know, nice little weekenders where, you know, uh, you could talk about it on Tuesday, like, oh man, did you see that Monday night football game? Oh, that was crazy how it ended, huh? Yeah, man, super, super nuts, right? So I'm looking for both these teams score in upwards of 60, so way over on the over, okay? So with that being said, look for alternate lines and see see what's out there, all right? See if you can get some more value on these Winners that your boy is dropping. And then let's, you know what? Let's do the Eagles. Eagles and Buccaneers. Now, Eagles and Buccaneers, you know how I feel. Eagles are the most talented team in uh, all the NFC. You know what I'm saying? That's all there is to it. They are a four and a half favorite over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We have seen more fight in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year than we thought we were going to see. Shout out to the Bucks and having some professionalism and saying we are not going to tank and we are going to do what we need to do. Plus, NFL players don't tank. Maybe organizations tank, 
NFL players, you know, they got to put it on tape because, you know, what we say about these contracts, not for long, right? I still think the Eagles win. I think they win by seven. I think this is a good little test for them. But I think that in the end, Jalen Hurts, too many weapons, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, they get it going. The defense is 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 yoked up. Jalen Carter is that dude. He is that he is that stud. You know what I'm saying? You know, I'm with you, Eagle fans. So fly, Eagles fly on that situation. You know, it's all the thing. Bucks, though, I think you guys can definitely have one of those seasons where it's like you're gonna have some games where the games are gonna be very entertaining. But you're still gonna be on the on the opposite end of where you want to be. So, you know, if you go six and eleven this year, man, that's a great year. That's a great year from what we were thinking about where you were gonna go. So six and eleven, real nice. A lot of competitive losses, whatever. And then you know, I mean, hopefully you get your quarterback. That's that's what we are hoping for. So. Those are the games that we're looking at. Those, that's what we're talking about. This is what we're doing. Uh, I hope you guys enjoyed it. I enjoyed it personally, but we are now ready for Thursday and we're ready for these games. So, with that being said, hit us up on uh X, okay? So, at Front Runner PC and then at Nico FR PC. All right, front runner podcast collective on YouTube blowing up. You know there will be some clips from this particular uh, podcast on there. And if you don't listen to the pod and you just get these clips, come get the pod. Right? Where do you get it? Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcast, wherever you like to listen to your podcast. Download our podcast, you know, follow us, you know, get those notifications, get those likes up, rate and review us. We need it. All the things that other podcaster podcasters ask for, we need as well. So that is it. I will see you on this feed on Friday. I have no earthly idea what we're going to be talking about on Friday, but hopefully it's a good one. Y'all stay clean and we will smell you later.